Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Mad Mamluks. I'm Mahin and I'm here with my co-hosts, Sheikh Amr Saeed and Sim. And today in studio we welcome Sheikh Saad Taslim. Saad is an instructor with Al Maghrib Institute. He studied his undergraduate at the University of Maryland College Park and then went on to do another degree from the Faculty of Sharia at the Islamic University of Medina. So Saad, welcome. Uh, what brings you to town today? Assalamu alaikum. How y'all doing? Alhamdulillah, man. late night. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> uh, I've got to be here, alhamdulillah. Uh, so I was here for a fundraiser. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you happen to grab me. And yeah. Islamic Center, Naperville, you know. You know, you know, they Wait, he didn't tell you ahead of time he just bought you here? Uh, or how did he lure you in somehow? He, he lured me in with pizza, oh. but that's, uh, that's, uh, that's another story. Yeah, we had, he had Blue Malnati's stuffed pizza for the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, we're normally... I think we've only had Giordano's in the past, but like... Yeah, I can't believe you guys were going to give him Giordano's. Again, well, his wife's getting Giordano's. We got we got her a frozen Giordano's. That was supposed to be go. a surprise, man. Uh-oh. Well, this is going to air later, don't worry. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, later. she won't. It'll be like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like three weeks. We're not going to put it out tonight. She'll yeah. find out tomorrow. Unless you're going like, to wait a month. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, you're here for the... You're here uh, in yeah, Chicago. Was, uh, yeah, I was invited for a fundraiser, alhamdulillah, at the Islamic Center, Center of Naperville. Of Naperville. Yeah, ICN, yes. Yeah, yes. So, yeah, that's that's where I came straight from there. And they, they, What time did you get in your flight? Uh, actually, I got here. It was like an, an about two hours before the event. Okay, hour and a half. Okay, so yeah. what's up with the tight schedule? Like, you know, I, I know uh, we talked to other Mashiach too that are in town, like fundraisers, and they get scheduled real tight. Like, you're leaving tomorrow at ten a.m., which nine a.m. nine a.m. nine a.m. <laughs> so I guess you have like a little bit of buffer time, but not really. It's like if you're delayed at all, like you're screwed. Yeah, I mean, I've been in situations where I've missed flights because of that. But I, it's fairly controlled now. Like I, things go through me. Alhamdulillah, like Alhamdulillah. everything is checked with me. Um, so my goal always is to maximize the amount of time I have at home. Okay. So whatever way I can do that, if that means I'm coming in like an hour before the event or whatever, then I'll do that because I want to spend as much time at home as possible. Do you have kids too? Or? Yeah, I have a son. Um, Laith. Laith of Saad. Allahu Akbar. Yeah. What a um, name. Laith is one of those old school yeah. guys. Uh, yeah. His name is Saad. His right. son's name is Laith ibn Saad. Laith ibn Saad was the scholar that was deemed to be the scholar who was... Actually, you can even make the introduction. I didn't want to take this away No, no, go me. ahead. Go ahead. But go he ahead. was he was basically Imam Malik's teacher in, in a sense. And they said that obviously his works weren't preserved. Like Imam Malik's students preserved his, student, his works. But he was said to be stronger than Imam Malik. Wow. Laith Ibn Sa'ad. And look at the... Are you, are you Maliki? I'm not Maliki. Okay. Oh, that hurts. I thought you were Maliki. <laughs> that'd, that'd no, I'm just joking. Huh? That would be perfect. No, we, they, they uh, say, majority of our guests have been Maliki. You're Laithi, though. Really? You're probably Laithi. That's I'm what Laithi. you are. Laithi, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, they say about, yeah. He's very in Egypt. They say about Imam, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they say about Imam Laith that if his works were preserved, yes. today we'd have five of that. Of course. Which of is course. A, like so cool. Of course, oh, it would be yeah. so cool. And there are there are some works of his that are preserved, but he's he's buried in Egypt. That's yeah. an awesome name, mashallah. Yeah. I just it's a dope sounding name, man. Yeah. Like if I had a son, I would consider that name. No, but look at look how everything matches up. His name is Saad, you know. Yeah. Actually, uh, I was given that kunya in Medina oh, by my roommates. You? They're like, hey, you know, do you have a kunya? And I'm like, uh, what's a kunya? And they like, explain to me what a kunya is. Yeah. Then I was like, I don't have a kunya. And they're like, can we give you a kunya? And I'm like, sure. Go at it. And then they came back the next day and they're like, okay, you're Abu Layth. MashaAllah. I'm like, why? Like, what does that mean? And they told me the whole story, yeah, maybe yeah. Imam Layth or whatever. So back then it was decided, like I decided, 
that if I have a son, his name's gonna be Layla. It's one of the names of a lion too. Yeah. One of the yeah. meanings of what a lion is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I need my daughter Maryam, and because my name is Imran, I wanted oh, Maryam with Imran. I just realized that, dude. Yeah. My bad. I've yeah. known this guy my whole life. I just realized it. I'm yeah. so sorry, dude. <laughs> you know, sometimes people don't realize it. Like, wow. He, he yeah. Like Yasakadi's Abu Amar. Abu Amar. Yeah. You know Yasakadi's son's name Amar. Yeah. Yeah. That I know. Yeah. 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 So. But the thing with me is, I'm always in such close proximity with this guy. Literally grew up our. My wife thinks I love him more than. My wife, so, you know, <laughs> I should know this stuff. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so. He just has dementia. I told him like 10 times. <laughs> he has dementia. So on the next podcast. Oh, really? That's really? What it, that's what it was? <laughs> Who was that guy that came? Oh, his name was Saad. Like, or, uh, yeah. Dory, you know? <laughs> Dory. Okay, guys, stop. I'm not like Dory. She is cool. Amr, though. do you have a kunya? Uh, Abu Hawa. But do you go you do you go by it at all? Or? I mean, the Arab guys call me Abu Hawa. Yeah. Oh, for real? That's yeah. what it's really for for yeah. the Arab guys. Nobody yeah. else. Okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, my daughter's name is Hawa, and my son's name That's is Dehia. That's a beautiful name. I yeah. thought you had that. Had, had wait, the... wait. Tell him. Tell him your son's name. Dehia. Dehia. Have you heard that name before? Not actually. Yeah. You have, but you probably forgot about it. No, he knows who he is, the companion, but he probably doesn't know, like... I haven't heard anybody who has that name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what right. you mean. That's amazing. Yeah, Mashallah. yeah. Alhamdulillah. The other dope wow. name is... I, I, love, I love those names. I love yeah, the right. names that are... Like, the name Mu'ad. Like, especially with Daisies. I love that name. Yeah. It's Mu'az. 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 Mu'az is Mu'az? Yeah. No way. It's butchered, bro. It's not even the bro. I didn't even know that. I thought Mu'az is a different name. It's not even the dude. That's cutting it with an axe. It's a vertical cut. That changes so much for me. Yeah, Oh, it's disheartening. Actually, you know, Daisies have a problem with my son's name. They can't pronounce it properly. They no, say lace. Okay. They say lace or L-A-C-E. Like, like, la- and I'm like, no, no, tha. They go, uh, lat. Lat? I know my mom. My mom would have. I'm serious. My mom would have said lat. Yeah, right? My mom would have It's like so many awkward situations. But um, other people have no problem with name. His first doctor's appointment, the nurse comes out, this white lady. She goes, lathe? Lathe here? I was like, what? Wait, how do you spell L A T H E? L A Y T H. Lathe. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's. I mean, it's yeah. weird. We didn't plan for that, but it, that's how it turned no, out. It's a beautiful. So you're also on, you're also on Abu Lathe. You know, we got, and tomorrow we have Mufti Abu Lathe. Oh, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Scheduled. The yeah. Maliki one. The Maliki yeah. one. Right, yeah. right, right. But do you guys work out together by any chance? Uh, I've never met him. Never talked I to him. I think he's from UK, though. Uh, yeah, but I, I, you know, man, you could now these days, man, you could probably work out via Skype or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? Like, what does work out after? You know, you know, like no, you know, a Mufti Abu is a heavy gym dude. Yeah, yeah, but he's in the UK. Like, how would I? Yeah, but like, I mean, you could probably I'm set it up, like, same. take your phone with you to the gym and like get on Skype and then. Is this, this how you lit- think people work out, man? Come <laughs> it's on, late bro. night, dude. Because you know, you know how people always like say, "I gotta go work out with my buddy," and you know, you know what I mean. A lot of times they go with somebody. Actually, I don't know what you mean, but just keep doing it. It's awesome. Dude. <laughs> no, You're I'm, making I'm, me look I'm better. Alone. I'm a, like I, I work out, but I can't work out with other people. <laughs> What's your workout regimen like? So it's become very utilitarian now. Like I do what I can do, uh, fit it into my schedule. Um, but I try to do like I'm old school. I do like the. The, the the old school split like buys and tries chest and um chest and shoulders chest and back whatever yeah chest and um, yeah. but now I'm at the point where I just do one muscle a day and no matter where I am I can just continue that schedule so That's there's, awesome. there's chest day there's back day uh, I do arms on a separate day which is kind of like a bro thing to do but whatever bro thing yeah. to do. Uh, <laughs> I thought yeah when I met her I thought he looked like a total like when he said he works out I thought he was like a total crossfitter yeah he looks like a total crossfit type you ever tried it. I have seen it. 
and it doesn't look very appealing to me. Why not? Like, I do CrossFit. It just it, it goes against everything <laughs> that's <don't>. bodybuilding. <laughs> like that. Like, can you see Arnold CrossFitting? No, 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 but like there you go. End but, of discussion. But, but, We're done. But I think like, that Arnold. But you, well, I don't think you want to look like Arnold though. I think an average person would want to. Maybe you don't want to look like Arnold. <laughs> You'd want to look like Arnold. I mean, in his heyday, I mean, really, he looked pretty good. Look, yeah. you got to remember, bodybuilders now yeah. look very different. Yeah. Bodybuilders back then, they were they they were quite lean and they they were smaller. I don't know. Yeah, nowadays you're seeing they're a monsters. lot heavy yeah, yeah. steroids. They're yeah. monsters, man. It, it happened back then, but it was talking about people much. spending like forty thousand dollar cycles a year on their steroids that are yeah. competing in Mr. Universe. So you think CrossFit's like a fad that'll go away? I don't know. No, it's very functional. Just, it's awesome. Um, it is kind of a fad, though. It is definitely right. It, like P90X, a, like it was the hottest thing, yeah. and then it's gone. But but they but the good thing is they've turned or what works in their favor is they've turned uh, CrossFitting into a sport. Yeah. So that means it, it might last. They have the finals. and I mean, every they year. They have that. They have like Reebok. Uh, yeah, Reebok. Reebok, Reebok, Reebok makes their yeah. shoes. Yeah. Right. Clothing, Officially. Yeah. And I think the contract's up next year. Yeah. But so, even other sports, a lot of sports are starting to utilize. Like, so people have been functional training, I think, from the beginning, but it hasn't. It just, they put a name on it and they just, the, the philosophy behind CrossFit originally was that you do a different workout every day so your body doesn't adapt to one workout. So every day is supposed to be different, kind of. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, the thing for me is really is like I know I'd never work out like I've never worked out that hard in my life. No, no, CrossFit will. It'll, so it'll that's pass why, you if I, like, I'm not the kind of like I can't go. To, I don't know how you are, but I can't go to the gym. Like, I can go to the gym and walk out ten minutes later, haven't done nothing. <laughs> yeah, I see you know, that. a lot of people will say like, I go to the gym once you just get to the gym. Once you're there, it'll kick in. Yeah, it wasn't like that for me all the time. Hmm. So with CrossFit, now I know if I'm in a class, yeah, class hour, you do a lot. Yeah. You're done. You're like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Look, man, until you get that that after gym feeling. It's not time to go from the gym. You have to get that that euphoria when you work out and you have a, a nice, fulfilling workout. Yeah, that's when you know, like, okay, now I can leave. At least that's how I feel. I don't know yeah. if you guys you get the euphoria after you yeah. you know, have a full workout. I get it with my workouts. Um, some people, get, yeah, you probably heard of the runners high. Yeah, like that's where I'm. Maybe my hands kept like I don't get that. Like I don't understand. Oh, that. you don't get that. I don't. I don't understand. How that can be an enjoyable experience? Like I hate running. I hate cardio. No, it's after. It's hate, afterburn. It's not during. During is torturous. Not during. Yeah. No, the after. runner's high. Yeah. It's during. It's after. It's yeah, after. It's, it's a after. kick of endorphins. Like, oh, but I some, it's during. I'm like during. This is terrible. No, some may get it if they're running for long distance because it's your body's way of numbing numbing you while it's, it's repairing itself. Yeah. So if they'll run real long marathons, I mean, maybe they might get something in between. You may have to ask a marathon runner, but it's always afterwards. And the only time I actually got it the most is when I did CrossFit for that few months I was doing the MoGa and those guys. Look, yeah. I, I hate on CrossFit, but I, I can appreciate it. Yeah. Right. I, it, it's it. overpriced. I'll give you that much. <laughs> yeah, it's like 135 I pay 135 a month, and that's like a cheaper... CrossFit gym, to be honest, but like See, how, I, I don't believe in paying for. <laughs> for I mean, for do you work out six days a week or seven days a week? Or? I work out. Uh, so if everything goes as planned, then I work out uh, five to six days a week. Wow, for like but what? it also depends on traveling and things like that. You know, but I think what Mahin's talking about, he wants to be a part of a class to give him that structure, that structure, of course, and, and constant. Yeah, you yeah, because yeah. it's it is a lot easier to work out when you're of a part of class, and the more money you give, if you're giving 135 a month, it's a psychological go, thing yeah, too, totally. right? Yeah, you know, the one thing is that's no. so foreign to me that people need a, a class. I want to be alone. I want to be not dependent on anyone else's workout sets, yeah. whether they're done or not. I want to be free. I want to move on to the next workout, you know? You're mentally strong this way. We're I'm all the weak. exact same way. Yeah. Like, when someone's like, hey, let's go work out or let's meet up at the gym, I'm like, no, please no. Because that's me time. That's personal time. You know, I, I want to 
keep track of my own workout, push my, like, no, I know how much push myself. I don't know. I don't need some bro going, come on, man. You got another set. You come on, man. You I have to work out another, with somebody. Another two reps. Come on, man. I'm I like, have to work out with somebody. Stop. Like, I got this. Like, I got I'm okay. This. Um, I've lived long enough now. And I know for like a lot of people, whatever, I, they look at me as like a young person, but I'm like, I'm old enough where I'm like, I know what I'm doing. Like, I'm okay. I got my groove. Like, I don't need somebody to, you know, I'll push myself more. I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I think I'm just not mentally strong enough. I have to work out with other people. Or else I won't spend enough time in the gym, depending on what I'm doing. But like when those those days where I really like want to relieve a lot of stress, I have to work out with somebody, dude. Mm. I yeah, have I, can't, to. I can't do that. How do you like spot yourself? Like, let's say you're doing, you doing a bench. <laughs> like, I mean, use his other hand. No, you're doing a you're on a bench. Like, you, let's say you want to max out on a bench press. Yeah. Can you really ma- if you're working by? I don't yourself, think he's into maxing out though. Yeah. But don't, don't you do it sometimes though? That just. Check. I mean, I I definitely. I think you're more into getting a resistance workout. Exactly. Yeah. I push myself, but I also know like if I if I know I'm I'm just no way I can get this next rep up, then I won't I won't attempt it. Which I guess that I'm not pushing myself to my limit. But you're still getting a workout though, regardless. And it's a, like I enjoy working out. Yeah, that's cool. Right. So it's so that's for me is equally as important. As How long have you been had a workout routine? So I was mentioning this earlier to you guys, but I grew up chubby. I was chubby in yeah. you know middle school, whatever. It was in high school that I started to lose some weight, getting more in shape. But it was in college that I really started to work out, and uh, that's when like I kind of changed my lifestyle. That's cool. Did you yeah. have any incentive, or you just? Or just wanted to look different. No, I actually I think it was just the fact that there were there were more people around me who were working out. Gotcha. So that kind of it's okay to admit there were women you were <laughs> you were after. But that's okay. Al- but that's that's always the case. Yeah, right? of course. No, not for me. Sheikh Amir, you <laughs> like never woman would want to go after me. I just did it because I wanted to work out. I just wanted to be stronger. I was a loser my whole life. No, there's uh, there's always that component. You know, when when we're in college and whatnot, even look. When you're when you're a full grown man, you still want to you know dress nice and be presentable at work, and and clothing brings confidence, right? Yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with that, having that confidence from the clothes that you wear. It doesn't have to be you know a thousand dollar shirt, but as long as you feel confident in whatever you're wearing, I think that that, that I think that's fine. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that because some people they confuse the line, they blur the lines between confidence and and show off. Right. Yeah. They blur the lines. Which Rasulullah told us to dress in our best of our clothes and be, you yeah. know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves beauty and be, you know. And he actually, Salah Salih said, let me clarify that in the hadith of arrogance. Yes. Right? Yes. Where the companion says, well, what if we like our clothes to be nice and our shoes to be like? And Prophet said, no. What's al-kibr? Batarul haq wa ghamtun nas. Right? To like that, that arrogance of feeling superior to others or to reject the truth. Like when, when your clothes and stuff leads to you feeling like you're better than everyone else, yeah, that's when it's a problem. That becomes problematic. But everyone likes to wear nice clothes. Most people like to feel good in their clothes and wear nice clothes and nice shoes or whatever. Sneakerheads, you know? Yeah, right. no, even even, the, even people who like to bum around, everyone likes to bum around once in a while, just wear t-shirt and sweatpants and flip-flops. But if you give them a suit to wear and dress shoes and, and, and shoes and dress socks to wear, they feel completely different when they're walking. Yeah. They feel, it's 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 beautiful. It's a part of human nature, right? Yeah. But tying back to working out, I think it like your your physique exemplifies what you're wearing exactly and you know part of dressing well is to have a good physique it is and that's why it's all tied in together no it is it is you know and uh and i I know that i mean when i the first few times that i saw him i saw him at the isna convention too and he had the most unique clothes and the fit was michelle even like the fit that he's wearing right now it's a real good fit right and uh if you put on a little too much mass a lot of clothes don't look good on you you know, and if you, you know, uh, 
I, I remember like when I was working out pretty hardcore, my neck got so big. Yeah. And he's made to be a power lifter. He never, he never yeah. wants to lift weights. I tell him to. No, no. I no. tell this guy, dude, he's got the perfect frame. Him and his brother, for Daisies, have got the best frames to be power lifters, but they never do. No, man. You could be a monster if you, you don't understand to, the, the difficulty in finding good clothes that fit you right when you when you're lifting a lot of weights. You you you'll see like uh, a Mufti Abulait, right? When he's wearing the, his clothes, they're like. It looked like they were about to rip off. Yeah, every button is on its last leg, screaming. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the jer- he's got, I mean, he's got the Jersey Shore look going, man. Yeah, no, no, he likes it. He likes yeah. it. Whatever. More power to him. But yeah, got to, to him. Man. He sees it like you know. No, I I like to be comfortable, man. Dude, I don't well, want what, to just like, become a part. Maybe what you should do is you should like buy less clothes, but invest in a tailor. Right. Get a tailor to like you know. Yeah, man. That, that's that's the that's what everyone tells me that you know get the tailor and. Have less clothes though, yeah. but like is that is that what you started off kind of uh, just getting a tailor tailoring your own clothes? Yeah, so it actually all started like I've always been uh, I've always considered myself a creative person. Like I, I studied graphic design, and even graphic design was just out of necessity. I was actually want to do something even more artistic, but as like a Daisy or whatever, um, that was like a kind of a middle ground for my parents. Like okay, whatever, graphic design, cool. computer related, in some way, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think actually I think my dad thought maybe I'm studying like comp sci or something and so he's like yeah okay that sounds good but i ended up studying graphic designs but i've I've, you know even my whole band history and stuff like that like i've always thought of myself as a creative person um but it was never real for me the ability to make my own clothes because it's you can't really do that here in the states it's Mm. really difficult especially back then but when i went to medina where a lot of people get their thobes uh tailor-made that was like my first opportunity to be like hey i can make stuff the way i like it and that kind of opened up a world for me. Is that what sparked the idea for the it, clothing line? Yeah, it really did. Actually, the idea for the clothing line came from when I moved back to America. I started like giving dawah, public speaking, or whatever. And I didn't want to wear the things that other people are wearing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, to to kind of like explain what I'm saying. I I walk into H and M. I buy a shirt. You know, I'm at a I'm at a conference. There's like five thousand people there. There's at least like fifty guys what that have the same shirt, right? <laughs> and I'm like, ah, well, that's. A, as opposed to if I wore a thobe that I got made in Medina, there's nobody else who has that. Yeah. And that defines me. Like, that's that's who I am, yeah. and I had a full say in that clothing. So, actually, the, the idea for the clothing line actually came from me saying, started with me saying, I'm going to get some clothes made for myself. How much is that going to cost? And then I was like, well, maybe I could make a little bit more and, you know, have other people, if they like my sense of style, they can buy these clothes as well. Hmm. Um, and that's why one of the main... Um, ideas behind the clothing line is uh, it's got to be limited. It's got to be limited. So everything that we're going to sell, inshallah, is going to be extremely limited. So if you buy like one of our one of our pieces, you know that no one else in the world, or very very few people in the world, have that exact piece or something that looks like that. You're so talking like maybe like fifty pieces or so. Yeah. Total? So for example, our first uh, first release coming soon, inshallah, uh, we have five designs, five separate pieces. There's a hundred of each. And Very cool. when you break them down into the sizes, we're doing like extra small, small, medium, large, extra large. That sometimes means there's only like 10 in a certain size. Wait, I, I'm going to... I'm half humorous, half serious here. Is it a contemporary large? Because contemporary larges are very skinny hips. So a lot uh, of a us lot of, Americans yeah. aren't like that. So a lot of our stuff is a little bit, uh, it leans towards more slim fit. But there, but no, no, no. But but it's still, it's still the you style. You were going to wear it anyway. I'll, no, I'll, <laughs> just, I'll, just, I'll just make a cut. I'll just make a slits on the love handles. <laughs> Don't make any changes for him, okay? He wasn't going to wear it anyway. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, that's he awesome. wears his Egyptian thobes. No, but I, 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 Egyptian thobes. <laughs> 
huge sleeves. <laughs> the Sudani thopes, Sudani yeah, thopes. Anybody yeah. can fit in anything. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, we're, we're designing it to to not be exactly like very fitted. No, no. So yeah, so okay. so there's there's some. So leeway. it's like a medium fitted. It's not like a yeah. super fitted, yeah. like skinny jeans yeah. type fitted. Uh, it's kind of like straight jeans type fitted. Uh, not straight jeans. I don't like I don't, slim fit huh. kind of. Uh, skinny fit. is the tightest one, right? Yeah, I think skinny. No, no. There's like there's there's, there's also like very, like uh, extra skinny. Can, yeah, is there? Extra no, there's extra skinny? slim. Extra slim or extra there's skinny. Extra, there's, there's there's skinny. There's slim. There's extra slim. Okay, there, there's well. some that you gotta like peel off. Yeah, the guy who made a spandex. It was like a spandex percentage in there. Pretty much. I don't know if you saw the the Uniqlo joggers that a lot of guys where they look like jeans but they're they're joggers they're really uh sweatpants right the the, the jeggings, yeah. the jeggings. jeggings yeah. all these guys are wearing them now <laughs> yeah i mean look it is like more slim fit but if you look at for example one of our pieces which y'all can see right yeah, now yeah. it's it's a it's pretty much like a corta or a yeah, camis yeah. and that by nature is going to be a little bit looser right you're not going to have a super slim camis that's just going to look odd and yeah. it's going to feel odd. And the most important thing for me is that people feel good in the clothes. Yeah. Right? And is this is this kind of like what you're like when you promote this style, do you promote like a blazer on it? The last few times I saw you and you make it look very good, mashallah. I saw you at Isna and you had a blazer on top of a kurta. It may have been a little shorter than that one. Yeah. And, but it, it made it look pretty cool, though. So, look, it's it's all about all these pieces. It's, it's all about how you style them. You can dress them up. You can dress them down. Gotcha. Um, and the, the reason why I actually tend to you've only seen me wear this stuff with the with the with the jacket um, and this is kind of like behind the scenes information is because the fit isn't perfect on this. Okay. Like this is one of the samples. So I'm not completely happy with the upper body fit. So I'm like, okay, throw a jacket on top. It's fine. But once this is finalized, I'd wear it just as the kameez. Okay. So, so the listeners who don't, who aren't able to see what he's wearing right now, he's wearing a, wait, wait, a you're not, you can't tell. Oh, you can't tell. Nobody knows yet. Okay. Can we, can so we not reveal? He's wearing something mysterious. Can we, can we right take now? a picture of it and put it on the thing too or no? Yes, you can. In, Two months. In two months, okay. Now, do you have a, a name set yes. up for this? Yes, uh, it's the Saad Taslim Collection. The Saad Taslim Collection. Very <laughs> nice. nice. So, like, Very have you nice. ever heard of, like, your model of having limited clothing? The first guy I really saw doing, I mean, you know, have you heard of brands like Supreme and Undefeated? Yeah. yeah. Like Kith? Yeah. You know, they keep, like, Supreme has a real cool model where, have you ever, like, thought of, like, a pop-up shop where you just open up, like, a shop for, like, three times a year or four times a year for their seasons and sell your stuff on that day? And then, yeah. So eventually, that's the goal, right? Yeah, to eventually get there. Okay. And, I, and I'm actually thinking very big. Like I'm thinking, like, I, like I want a proper Muslim brand that is mainstream. It's, it's, it's. You know, and there's no limits. Like a lot, first, when I first started talking about this, people actually thought I'm doing t-shirts. Okay. I'm like, no, 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 it's not a t-shirt line. Because there's so many of those out there. It's like the t-shirt market is saturated. You go to Isna, Ikna, whatever, the bazaar. Every Full other booth is yeah. like a t-shirt. And I'm like, no, we're not doing... T- we, uh, we might do a t-shirt as one of the pieces mm-hmm. in maybe like the summer collection, maybe, but it's a clothing line. So yeah. we're going to do everything. Inshallah. 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 You know? If you do make t-shirts, inshallah, I think you can make it look better than the Armani Exchange t-shirts and everything too with your creative uh, inshallah. background. Inshallah. inshallah. So that's now, the goal to kind of like transcend what's being... What's, what's there right now. But this is a Muslim brand though. Don't you think you're kind of like limiting yourself? Like, so why not, would non-Muslims like buy something necessarily like let's say there's some arabic on it or i guess they might think it's cool exactly right so it's like when something becomes well known enough it transcends like the culture like it becomes part of the culture and not only that not it's not it's only that but africans wear similar clothing to indians too i don't know if they were you know that's what it kind of reminded me of i used to 
uh, know some brothers from Senegal when I was in Mauritania, and they were. It's that that hint of similarity is there. The hint yeah. of the Indianness is there. The hint of the Malaysianness yeah. is there. That's why I think that's real cool. Yeah. Right. But as far as the gra- and you 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 were or you, I don't know if you still do graphic design, but do you design your clothing or the 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 prints on there and the calligraphy and. So it's sometimes we do, sometimes it, it all depends. Okay. Like, so I have, I have a vision of what I want and it's the best way. Like, for example, for this, like, I, I'm not a calligrapher. Okay. But we, we got a calligrapher to do it. Cause cool. I'm like, okay, I want it to look like this. Nice. Now, but in the end of the day, like, all the clothes, they're a reflection of, of me and who I am and like my life experiences and things like that. That's why if you look at this, yeah, there's some, there's some like it, hint of like a Pakistani Indian kurta. Yeah. But it's not full fledged. That's cool. Yeah, it's not. And then there's other influences. Yeah. You know, I lived in Saudi Arabia for about seven years. So that's going to have an influence on it. And then, uh, you know, growing up, uh, being into like punk rock and stuff and like all of that consciously or sometimes subconsciously, I think it's going to play a role in what these designs look like. And what about like pants? Do you sell pants and stuff too at your? Not yet. But inshallah, hopefully. So it's mainly you know. kurtas. Just keeping it simple. Or not kurtas. No, I mean to call it kurtas. It's actually like. not all kurtas. Meaning uh, like all upper garments. No? I guess the first collection, you could say they're upper garments. Okay. Yeah. What accessories you guys got like? Uh, inshallah one day. Mashallah. Very good. No, I just <laughs> want to know for the first release in the next yeah, two the months. Yeah, the first release is five. What we can expect it's, it's, on the website. It's, it's five pieces. It's five pieces. Oh, cool. Okay. Only, okay. Yeah, only five very pieces. A nice. hundred of each. Beautiful. That's it. Okay. And once they sell out, we're not going to reproduce them. You got to wait for the next season. New designs. I like That's the suspense. It. Oh, wow. It's done. And the, and the whole idea, somebody was like, well, what are you going to do when people start, start copying you? Right? They're, they're going to copy your designs and they'll sell it for less. I'm like, that's cool because we're done. We've already moved on. Like, if you're going to copy something, we're like, okay, that's fine, because we already did that. We're done. Like, that's right. old stuff. Like, we're doing new stuff now. So, we're going to kind of push, nice. even, like, push myself creatively. To come so, up you with have it. to come up with a new style every season, kind of, or new yeah. new twist to the style that you have. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But I, I like the idea, too. But I, I think it's, like, from a business perspective, it's practical, because the scarcity of the models on effect, right? Yeah. And any designer has to come up with new designs every season, regardless yeah. of whether it's limited or not. Yeah. You know, as far as spinoff goes, hey, man, you got to see Zara did a knockoff on the Adidas NMD. Oh, my God. It looks like hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the link on YouTube. Okay, okay. Let me see that. <laughs> but like, yeah, so I, I think that people are trying to – they're trying to garbage. Do, yeah. They're going to try to do spinoffs. It's, it's going to look yeah. it's gonna look terrible anyway, so I wouldn't yeah. even sweat it. Because the quality of the material they use different. Yeah, they get they try to cut corners with pricing and all this. Exactly. Stuff and actually, a lot, of, a lot of these pieces are about the details. Like, you may not see some of the details – like from a distance, but somebody who's wearing it, they'll see, like, for example, on this one, we have a hidden pocket. We have stitches in, like, there's a hidden pocket right here. Oh, I didn't even right? know there was so a pocket there. It That's looks like cool. A, it looks like a seam, but That's it's, cool. it's actually a hidden pocket. We have certain stitches in certain areas, um, even, like, the longer in the back, short in the front. And, like, there's details that you, when you hold and wear the garment, you will be able to tell. And that and we're hoping that quality will come through. And that's why I get it. Like, this is not for everyone. And the price point is going to be a little bit higher. So not everyone's going to be down with dropping that much, you know. Are you okay with telling us a ballpark of how much we can expect to no, see? No, not not yet. Okay, not gotcha. Yet. Not yet. So do you think, um, do you expect to sell out pretty quickly? Yeah. Um, you do? Even, yeah. even like Well, he will. He's on the Mad Mamluks now, son. <laughs> so as soon as you're but they're all going to, the Mamlukers are going to be waiting for all this. No, because you know when like do the Supreme release, for example, you yeah. see, they start lining up. Like, I don't know how people like what they do for work, but they build. Like, yeah, of course, like, but they build up a reputation. I think I was surprised we're on since '94, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like even Kith, Ronnie Fag's a real interesting guy. You know, you ever heard of Ronnie Fag? Sounds familiar. He's a New York guy. Uh, his shop is called Kith. He got a start. I've heard of Kith, yeah. You know, so same deal. Like 
you know, these release, this stuff, like some of the stuff doesn't sell out. Not everything sells out immediately. You, yeah. you can go on his website and find some stuff. Yeah. But his intent was the same thing. Like he wanted to make it limited because he didn't want every Joe Schmo right. on the street looking like him. Yeah. Or vice versa. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, got to remember, even compared to like Supreme, it's like these are, it's 500 pieces total. Yeah. And we're selling worldwide online. Like, you know, we're going to ship internationally. So, you know, we'll, I mean, we'll see. I mean, honestly, the first release is going to be very telling. We'll have have you got any feedback from people overseas or anything, or in terms of wanting this stuff? Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. I mean, because I, I have a like a fairly decent following in like um, Malaysia, Indonesia. Okay. So interesting enough, that part of the world is like, yeah, when is it coming? That's more, awesome. Like, I would say even more so than I can imagine why Malaysians would like it. I could totally imagine why they would like it. Yeah, why? but they That's haven't awesome. seen it though. That's why the thing. Like nobody's why? seen it. So, but they're like, okay, if you're doing it, we want to like. Personally, I think it's because they, they like your style and they figure. The way you dressed, and something I wanted to ask you is, hmm. how did you develop your own personal style? Honestly, it was purely organic. It's purely organic. And one of the things that I think I said this, I mentioned this to you earlier. For me, the most fashionable thing is what you feel the most confident in, what you feel the best in. So, like, you could wear the most quote unquote fashionable thing or stylish thing out there, but if you don't feel good in it, if you're not comfortable in it, hmm. uh, like, that's it's totally worthless to me. I don't care how much money you've spent on a shirt or a pair of shoes or whatever, but if you don't feel good in it, then it, then it doesn't matter. But the uh, but what comes along with that is sometimes you're going to wear things that not everyone likes or a lot of people don't like. So sometimes I'll wear things that I'm like, I feel great in this and it, it fits my sense of style, but I know there's some uncles in the audience going like, this guy is a shake. Like, why are we call Like, who calls him? Where does this guy come from? Like, Have you ever had any confrontations with people saying that, oh, you're a shake and you shouldn't... Uh, directly? Yeah. Face-to-face? Yeah. No. Well, uh, there's somebody came up to me and said, he said, hey, I just want to apologize to you. I said, for what? They said, well, I saw your videos online, whatever. And I like, I, I judged, like, that's what they said. I, I judged you and I had a certain impression of you. But when I took your class, I realized like, oh, you have studied in Medina and you like, you do kind of, you know, that's happened. But online, oh, all the time. Oh, yeah. All the time. I get things like, uh, why would I ever take my dean from somebody who looks like this? So recently, actually, somebody wrote a comment. They said, <laughs> Where is his I would never take my dean from somebody who looks and talks like Ryan. Uh, no, not Ryan Gosling. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, I never, ever looked in the mirror and said, like, yeah, I look like Ryan Reynolds. I, like, I, I, I got to like pull off this I totally Reynolds. look like Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> but this person's totally off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I get it all the time. I get, hey, sell out, you know. Uh, you know, you're just trying to westernize Islam and this and that. And I'm like, look, say whatever you want, but in the end of the day, this is who I am. Like, I'm not going to pretend to be something I'm not. And I've actually, that's one of the big issues I had when I came back from Medina was, you know, um, like, who am I? And like, what what is, like, what is a student of knowledge from Medina? What are they supposed to look like? Hmm. What is a, a sheikh or, or an imam or whatever? Like, what are they supposed to dress like? What are they supposed to wear? And in the end of the day, I remember... One of the things that is that I've always held on to is a statement by from one of my teachers. I asked him for advice, and he said to me, "I said I'm graduating, I'm going home. Like, do you have any advice for me?" He said, "Be an open book." Hmm. And back then, I was like, "What does that mean? Like, what does it mean to be an open book?" But then I came to realize um, that he was telling me to be true to myself and who I am, right? Because I can pretend to be something that I'm not in both directions. I can pretend to be sheikh looking and sheikh like. <laughs> Uh, or I can pretend to be like super cool or whatever, but but honestly, I think people will eventually see through that. Of course, exactly. Right? This of course. is this is exactly what we've been trying to do over here with the yeah. Mad Bum looks. We've we've tried to you know remove all these barriers 
that you know in in our community where everyone's you know afraid to talk about you know the the the, the TV show that they watch or or whatever because they're, you know they're scared yeah about being judged in the community yeah. but uh, well, what's happening is people end up going and finding other uh, social circles where they can discuss this kind of stuff. They can be open about it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I felt like, well, why don't we just have some conversations where we can talk about whatever you want to talk about? Because I'm, I'm one of those type of guys who doesn't care about what people think. Exactly. What, what people say and how they think of us. I'm already married. I don't have to go impre- impress some uh, some uncle and uh, try to take his daughter. So <laughs> I don't care about what, what people think. I have my kids and I'm happy. Alhamdulillah. And, uh, so I, I think that's awesome that what you're doing, though. Yeah, and look, that's honestly, open. I'll be just completely open with you. And it's your own style. I don't know any style like that. It's very unique. So, I mean, yeah. look, uh, like uh, that's the only way I can live. Mm. Like I cannot survive by pretending to be something that I'm not. Right? Like I, like I said, in either direction. Because... Like day to day, and if this is like my career or this is what I do, and this, you know, I, I can't put on a I put on a face. But right now, I'm comfortable, right? Like what you see is who I am. You come visit me in my house, you know, and knock on the door. This is what you're gonna see. You're gonna see me wearing a superhero tee or whatever it is. Like that's just that's who I am, and that's what people see, and that's what people know. Wait, so what does not, it have to do with wait, what's, the, what's the superhero thing? What are you talking about? Uh, like kind of into superheroes. You didn't know that? <laughs> oh man, you mentioned something. Is that, is that, is that public knowledge? You seem like kind of a, so if, you, if you follow me on any of my social media, you know that uh, I'm into superheroes. I know you. I've seen your Batman t-shirts. Yeah, yes, yeah, so I have quite a few Batman t-shirts. Um, I have a bunch of other. Yeah. <laughs> what about Marvel stuff? What, what do you got, man? What do you got uh, for Marvel? Hashtag Marvel sucks. <laughs> oh, now you and I have a beef. Someone throw the gauntlet in the middle of our table. <laughs> We're gonna have a, no, a showdown right oh, now. Oh, yeah, dude, Ninja Turtles, my chance. Ninja yeah, yeah, I was in. I was in. Oh, we were. Yeah, yeah, I, I was joking. He's like, Ninja no, Turtles? no, that that was. Is Ninja yeah, Turtles DC? In, no, no, they're no. Not Ninja Turtles was um. I know. I'm just messing around. I, I forget the uh. Top, top I mean, top I never top. read the Turtles comic. Like, did anybody read I, the comic? No, the comics were like mid eighties. No, I watched the original cartoons that yeah, came the out cartoon, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the original movie, man, that first movie was like Vanilla Ice. Top five. That Vanilla was amazing. Was I remember two. when I came out, I was Secret so hyped about it. Secret, Secret of the Ooze. Remember that? No, so, 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 this is what happens when two comic book nerds <laughs> get started talking about comics. Some guy, someone sits. I'm telling you right now, though. I don't know if you want to start this discussion with me. No, no. Wait, why are you so anti Marvel? You were talking about before the podcast. I'm telling no, you right hope, now, like hope. this, is, you can't win this. No, but before the podcast, you're saying you're you're anti. I mean, where does the antiness come from? Like, what, what do you mean? Like, is it actually a? a I mean, it's not. What do you mean? Uh, you're anti. Anti. I just think Marvel. You is guys, terrible. You guys in DC have like you guys? ridiculous. Well, I didn't know it was going to be ridiculous, ridiculous characters. <laughs> like. I don't know ridiculous characters that that Marvel has basically ripped off. No, no, it doesn't matter whether it's who's done it the right way. It They've all ripped off each other. We've. We know that for a fact. I mean, most of your major well-known characters, apart from, okay, Spider-Man, are rip-offs of, of DC characters. We didn't rip off Superman. Yeah, you did. Who? The Hulk was a, is a, is a, is a, you tried to rip off Superman. He doesn't have flames. He's been shooting off his eyes. And his technically, eyes. every superhero is a ripoff of Superman. Which Superman is a DC character? Mm, I think he's right, dude. So Everyone oh, tries oh, to be oh, like Superman. First of all, you can't make a superhero that has every single power coming out of his body and you then can saying do that, whatever oh, you go- want that's why every world superman of fantasy movie, every superman movie fails because there's everyone knows that there's no way to beat him except with that kryptonite so so the original superman movies were far from failures and if i would say actually and i know people disagree with me but i i've i, I loved uh man of steel 
Batman vs Superman. Yeah. No, I one of my them. favorite movies. Why, 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 why is there a beef though? Why do, why do you gotta have beef? <laughs> no, I, that's what I'm trying to find out. <laughs> yeah, I like they're both like sound cool, right? No, but I mean, he, look, he, I'll, he, I'll be honest with you. I, I think I'm, you guys are extremists. I'm an extremist. <laughs> I, I fully Stop. admit that, right, guys, I'm, that I'm an extremist when it comes to. Let's get out of here. Um, I'm home. I'm going home. <laughs> but low key, I, I actually appreciate Marvel. But I, but I can't say that. To He's having a true moment, guys. Right. Can we have the background music? I, I, appreciate, I appreciate. I appreciate. I appreciate all superheroes, right? And for that reason, I appreciate Marvel. But compared to DC, Marvel sucks. <laughs> I like it. I like that he ended it. That was a gauntlet, the dude. The characters have like no depth in DC. That's the whole problem. I mean, except for Batman, who I have. That's their saving grace, in my opinion. That if without Batman, DC would have been nothing. But that's okay. So if you strip down this argument, all you need is Batman. Ooh. Like Batman will take down the whole Marvel universe. Technically, I mean, look, Batman is a super genius, but uh, you know, Mar- Marvel has uh, their own. E- Equivalent of super geniuses like Tony Stark and Who's other detectives. Uh, but yeah, okay, go you on. know, is he supposed to be considered a ripoff of Batman? Of course. Are you um, really? Super rich guy who's smart and doesn't have any superpowers and he makes his own stuff. Okay. Hmm. I never thought about that. Better you have like up. ten of those though, by the way. Yeah, exactly. You made like I don't know if you've ever heard of yeah, Moonlight. Like, Batman Moon is so is good like complete... that you have to. You can rip him off ten times and still be successful. <laughs> yeah, um, that's when you have a lot of character depth. So. Yeah. Um, when other companies steal your, your superhero, they can just take a sliver of the, his personality and make it a whole other superhero out of it. That's that's when you have a good character, you know, like the Wolverine character. I don't even know. Does DC did they rip off Wolverine or no? I don't think so. Yeah. But anyway, I, I, I find I, the I find I like that I, for the listeners. He made a really yeah. sarcastic face I, I with a frown, <laughs> and you, your lips were quivering but, on the side. But, 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 but X Men don't count. But, but, I'm gonna I, put X Men out of the discussion because X Men is like you have like all these super super quote unquote superheroes. Uh-oh. Everyone has like their own random power. You just add, keep adding like randomness to this. Just like, this okay, like, ah, X Men doesn't you. count. This is convoluted world of superheroes where there's, a, there's like a dime a dozen super like every. Ah, well, you pretty militant. <laughs> okay, okay. Let, let me explain why the X Men meant so much to me growing up. Uh-oh. In this country, the X Men was always a, a show about you know being disenfranchised, yeah. being uh, coming of age, and um, being a minority. Yeah, you know, and and I think a lot of um, you know Muslim youth growing up, everyone liked the X Men because of that, because they were able to relate to being different in. You know, uh, white suburbia, basically. And they found a lot of, you know, parallels with their stories and the X-Men stories, you know, just being rejected in society. And and now all of a sudden, um, in modern day, a lot of us who grew up in the 90s and 80s were able to see... um, Trump's rise could kind of be similar to Senator Kelly in the X-Men, right? In the same type of rhetoric that he used against the mutants... That's the same kind of rhetoric we heard about the Muslims recently. So I think every Muslim should convert to X-Men, <laughs> Madhub, you know, the Madhub of X-Men. So <laughs> They got pretty deep. I like that. Yeah, but Saad said that X-Men was excluded from that his argument. Yeah, right? I, I, I don't include the X-Men. And, you know, to yeah. me, X-Men, like... Personally, I'm I'm not a I'm not as deep into this stuff as you guys are, but yeah. from a layman's point of view. I've always appreciated the X Men. I've liked the X Men more than the Marvel guys. Like I haven't. What's the movie that just came out? Civil War. Did, did, wait, did you grow up in white suburbia or did you grow up in the city? I grew up in the hood, dog. Where'd oh. you grow? Which, which hood did you grow up? In? I grew up in the hood, but then we moved out of the hood. We no, had I, like I, we had I, like drive bys and everything, and, and but then 
we ended up moving guns. out and we we went to white suburbia and that's where i learned about you know uh just riding a bike to comic book stores and you know spending uh, your whole life in 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 these places and you were a card collector a too, right? Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Baseball cards yeah, yeah. and basketball cards. Were you a card collector too, Chef? No, no. No? No. No, I was a card collector. No, but like I grew up, so I wouldn't say my where I grew up was, it was part of like a lot of university grad housing, but it was like, so a lot of kids of immigrants, right? So Afghanis, Colombians, you know, people from all over the world, but I got bust into the inner city. Right? Really? So that's how I learned about like That's how I be, kind of became a sneakerhead because of like, we just look at East Bay magazines all day in class. <laughs> That's yeah, the story. I love reading about those things online. I always you know? read East Bay. So I uh, moved to suburbia, white suburbia, in like tenth grade, and then I came across this stuff called Abercrombie and Fitch and Lacrosse and <laughs> Lacrosse. stuff like that, <laughs> which I was like a foreign country man. So yeah, but you know, as a fan of just regular movies, I've always found X Men. I've liked the X Men movies a lot more than the Marvel movies. And the Batman movies have been dope too, but Ninja Turtles for me has always been. Although that's not really in the equation, right? You don't. No one compares Ninja Turtles to X Men or yeah. Batman, right? So yeah, you also got to look at the difference between like the the movie universe and the movie portrayals of these characters and the comic books, and they're they're very different sometimes, and it's a different standard of judging um, these characters and and you know DC and Marvel. Like Marvel movies, obviously, are terrible. Did, did you we find a character that. though that that you Marvel were... comics are not bad, right? There's some really good Marvel comics, but the the movies are horrendous. Did you find a character that you were able to relate to growing up from the DC universe? That's a really good question. Okay. I don't know if I could. I don't no, know. Okay, it doesn't have so, to be a comic book character. Yeah, so, it could be a, a novel no, or a so story. Here, here's one of the reasons why I've always liked Batman. Okay. Um, Batman was able, like Batman. So I've, I've always considered myself an introvert. I've always like growing up um having my sense of uh individuality or whatever uh I've always felt comfortable on my own right and this idea especially when you're when you're growing up and you like my teenage years when I got more rebellious and things like that you go through that and a lot of a lot of teenagers go through that age where like okay nobody gets me nobody understands me mm. but I get myself and I and I and I know what I'm about whatever so from that angle I always connected with with Batman like he lives in this amazing world, right? But nobody knows, hmm. right? He's Bruce Wayne's Batman, and he does like the most amazing things. He has the most amazing gadgets. He helps so many people, but nobody knows who he is, right? So that's the aspect of Batman that I always thought was really cool, and I was I always appreciated the fact that he didn't have any superpowers, right? So as a DC fan, like you're, it's 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 in, it's in your blood to adore and love Superman, and yeah. I do. I love Superman. But the contrast of Batman and Superman, I always found to be fascinating. Yeah. Like for all the reasons that I love Superman, I love the fact that Batman doesn't have any of those superpowers. He's just yeah. a regular dude who's like really smart, who worked really hard and trained and was able to accomplish something. And he can take down Superman. Wow. Siskel and Ebert ain't got nothing on him. Shekhammer, when we first uh, went to CPSA, yeah. It was a Muslim private school that was started yeah. here in Chicago. It was CPSI then. I College Preparatory School of Illinois. Now it's College Preparatory School of America. All right. Thank Sorry. you for clarifying. <laughs> Just letting him I imagine up. that school as oh Professor Xavier's. No That's crazy. It looks like it, dude. If you look I, at it. Oh, dude, I never thought of that. That's how I... That's exactly did I what know. it looks like. 
entering there that those kids were worse than white mutants. kids. They were worse than mutants. <laughs> they were worse than they were all kids. mutants. They were the most self-hating people. All they would do was clown on each other and and make fun of each other. It was <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> we should take him there. That's what it. That's what it looks like. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it was because a lot of the kids that went there, they were still like really confused of why they were there. Right. They didn't know why they were there. Yeah. Especially at that time, it was Back really then, awkward. Yeah. And there was, I mean, it wasn't the most organized school, you know, and people just want to do whatever they want to do. But, wow, that's really interesting. I want to get back to a little bit of the clothing thing because um, you were talking about, and, and you had a course, or you're having a course on fickle clothing. Yeah, so i um, been teaching with Al-Maghrib now for, oh, let's see, uh, 2017, started teaching in 2012, yeah, five years, four years or so. Uh, first class was called Fiqh of Chillin'. It was actually about the Fiqh of Entertainment. Uh, second class was called Deception. It was about the Shaytan, the world of the Shaytan and the methods of deception, deception of the Shaytan and so on and so forth. And then it was time to do a new seminar. Mm. And I was kind of like, I don't know what I want to teach because for me, if I'm going to teach a seminar, uh, it has to fulfill two, uh, conditions. Number one, I have to personally be passionate about it. Uh, number two, it's got to be something which is relevant. Uh, and applicable in people's daily lives. Like, I, I appreciate a lot of the Islamic su- subjects and topics, um, but for me, be, teaching those topics, if you can't go home and apply it now or tomorrow or tonight, then it's it kind of... too academic and theoretical. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and the Al-Maghrib audience, let's be honest, it's not like a super academic no, no, no. Um, audience. It, it was back in the day, right? Like back when I started with Al-Maghrib or when I was a volunteer for Al-Maghrib, it was actually a lot more academic. But things have changed, right? So all like the academic guys or, or, or sisters, whatever, they went and actually studied Islam academically, like they went overseas or whatever. Uh, so for me now, if I'm going to teach a subject, it's got to be relevant to the people sitting there. If it's like 200 people or whatever, they can they got to apply that. So, you know, I thought about different topics, hadith, you know, Quran, this, that, whatever. And then fiqh, obviously, you know, I study sharia, so fiqh has always been there and I've always enjoyed fiqh. But there's a whole, there's this issue of, okay, how do you make fiqh uh, not relevant? Because fiqh is, a lot of fiqh is, as you know, this is very relevant. Um, but how do you make it... Um, More palatable. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So when it came to this topic, there's a class that Sheikh Yasser Qadi used to teach called Precious Provisions, where he uh, taught, was basically the fiqh of food and clothing. So that was presented to me um, uh, to to teach and I and I looked and I said, yeah, this is this this can be doable, right? I I, I can do this. I enjoy felk and then food and clothing are both like very relevant. They're applicable immediately. Uh, and then I looked into the food uh, food and clothing and I realized it's a one weekend seminar, and there's no way I can cover the fiqh that relates to food and clothing in one weekend. And it's been a while since Sheikh Yasser taught that class, and there's a lot of new issues that have come up, right? Um, GMOs. Uh, eating organic and this and that. Like there's so much stuff that you can't talk about food and just not talk about that and just, just speak about the classical, you know, masail or the classical issues. So I was like, okay, there's no way we, I, like I can teach both of this together. So I decided best thing to do is split it up, right? Um, and start with clothing. So uh, food is still on the table. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to teach it. So, so I haven't. Really... I like that food is still on the table. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know who's going to teach that, but I took the clothing part, and once again, uh, I couldn't teach clothing just the way it was taught before. 
it had to be and we got to talk about some of the issues that are that are now um that relate to clothing so clothing it's not just about clothing it's it's, it's so much more than that for example clothing goes back to your culture and your identity and the whole issue of you know juxtap you know putting your muslim identity um and you have your american identity and how to deal with that whole issue and that's a that's an issue that a lot of young people deal with on a daily basis so once i started preparing the seminar i realized it's not just about the fiqh of clothing there's so much more that needs to be discussed so we talk about in the seminar we talk about um culture and identity. We talk about what Islam says about culture, what culture is acceptable and not, and what is the relationship between culture and Islam. Because Islam has existed uh, throughout Islamic history. It's existed in so many different parts of the world with so many different, so many different uh, cultures. Right? Did everyone wear a thobe all over the world? Absolutely not. Right? We know this. So that whole issue, like I take my time with that issue because that lays the groundwork for all, not only the issues that we're going to discuss, but all future issues. Yeah. Right, because so, people feel guilty, man. People come and tell individuals, "Hey, man, you have to dress like a Muslim," right? Yeah, and that makes people feel guilty. And sometimes they think they can't be good Muslims because if people, what what was given to me when I was younger is if you don't look like a Muslim, how how is how are you going to call yourself a Muslim? Exactly. Right. But anyways, exactly. continue. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and by the way, that that whole issue, like, it has to be discussed because it has it's, to. it's it's become it's become very real now. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Like when you when we put our identity in our in our in our clothes, like that's a problem. Right? I mean, and I often one of the examples I give in the class is I say, Hey, listen, if you got into a time machine right now and went back to the Battle of Badr and you got out and you looked and you know, you looked at both sides, you'd be like, Wait, wait a second, which ones are the Muslims? Right. Because exactly. they looked exactly the exactly. same. Exactly. You're right. right. They that's wear a the beautiful they wore, point. They wore the same clothes, the guys had beards, had turbans, like that's so you'd be like, hmm, like what what's going on here? Right, and if you look at Muslims in China, they look Chinese, and they're Muslim. Right, uh, Muslims in Africa, uh, they look like everybody else, but they're Muslim. Yeah, Islam came and and tweaked certain things, and there's certain things that go against some of the principles of Islam. Yeah, we we edit that out, right? But the rest is Islam is always meshed very well with culture. It has to, and that's from the beauty of Islam, of course. Right, so that that whole issue is discussed, and then we also talk about. Um, self-esteem and body image issues. Right? Because, oh, in the thick of clothing. Yeah. That is cool. I never thought that that'd be taught there. Exactly. Because I'm like, I'm not going to talk about clothing and dressing nice and looking nice or whatever and then perpetuate the idea that our self-esteem lies in the way we look. Mm. Oh, I thought I you were like going to follow, right? follow, follow that up with some fat shaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're doing the opposite of that and telling That's them. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I did, yeah, exactly. I didn't want, you know, because... People often say, "Oh, you're, you're, you're <laughs> you know." No, I mean, if we make you feel uncomfortable, just let us know. No, no, I'm good. We can I'm go good. a lot farther, but we're not going to because we respect you. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I'm like, I'm not going to talk about clothes and dressing nice and not discuss that the elephant in the room, because you know, speaking to young people. There you I, go. He's fat shaming. He said elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how you edit this. Huh? I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I had to. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm yeah. Sorry, so speaking sorry. about the the big no elephant, the fat elephant in the room, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I'm not, you know, that has to be talked about because too many young people are suffering from that very issue, right? Yeah. People have body image issues, especially in the Muslim community. We don't talk about this stuff. Yeah, you're right. Right? It's all under the table. Like, people suffer from serious issues and, like, body image issues can cause depression. And it cause some people to, you know, get involved in, like, self-harm. Yeah. And, th- like, these are issues. So I have to discuss that. So we discussed that. And then the rest of it is... 
um, but, the, but the fiqh aspect. Yeah. Here's my main thing is that we don't, I feel like, you know, this whole thing about fat shaming is, is true. It's right that, you know, we should, we shouldn't fat shame people, but at the same time, we should still encourage people to work out because working out is not just about image. It's about mental preparation. It changes the way uh, you function in life. It can uh, help people who pray from zero prayers a day to praying five prayers a day just by being more active and not being lazy. So I think um, one of those, one of the messages is uh, to, should never get lost. So by, why, why is why is the whole? And I'm sorry, I, we're going to get back to this. But no, no, just, because there, what, is, this, what, is, what does fat shaming have to do with exercise? Well, here's the thing that that there's been a, a movement online and whatnot that is encouraging people like. You know, you shouldn't tell people to work out. Oh, like that, because, yes. you know, they're out like of shape. Be proud of your body, right? If you're if you're overweight and if you're yeah, obese or whatever, you know, okay. embrace the dad bod. No, I mean, yeah. Like yeah. No, that you shouldn't embrace it. You, Look, so, you so I, always I agree 100. percent So the idea is with everything in Islam, it's about balance, right? Yeah. Right. So it's like you know when we talk about this, is that we we want people to be concerned about their health and we want them to be concerned of the, uh, about the shape of their bodies but we don't want them to be concerned to the point where they start making bad decisions mm. and bad choices right like for example uh somebody who's overweight uh, obese we want them to yeah we want them to eat healthy we want to encourage them to work out but we don't want them to go out and start like trying weight loss pills um right. uh, steroids uh cosmetic surgery like that's when you know it's yeah. gone too far of right course, yeah. because in the end of the day Everybody's body is different, and right. our genetics do play a factor, yeah. right? So somebody, has, some people have faster metabolism, some people have a slower metabolism, and if it's if we only have one mold or one idea of one, you know, uh, example of what you know what a, a a physically fit person looks like, well, there's a lot of people who won't be able to achieve that, no matter what they do. Yeah, and then you turn to you know sometimes people turn to things like as I said steroids yeah. or whatever. So that's so that's the balance, right? Yeah. So I, I do talk about in the class that. Uh, and when there's a whole section on, uh, you know, physical fitness and, and, and eating healthy. And, uh, even we, one of the topics we discuss as a discussion in the class is our fashion makeovers a good idea. Oh, that's cool. Right. So is, so, and is we, I've heard some very interesting, um, uh, comments on this and some of it, yeah, sometimes the fashion makeover is a good idea because it can make you feel good about yourself, but you don't want to basically take somebody and change them to the point where you start telling them or you give them the idea that unless you look like this, then you're not good enough. Right. Right. Like that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. So same thing with fashion and style, right? Like I don't want everyone out there to dress the way I dress. Like that's not success to me. Success to me is everybody's able to express their individuality and their creativity in an Islamically appropriate manner and be happy and and, and be comfortable in in their, in what they wear and, and who they are. Right. That's the idea. Right. Do you think Very there's cool. an overemphasis on like food consumption as part of our culture and Muslim culture? Because we, we don't necessarily party, but it's always about food and stuff. Without so. a doubt. Without a doubt. Look, I mean, let's just be pragmatic here. A, a lot of our mashayikh are, are overweight, right? Yes, and one of the reasons is because there's a lot of stuff that, you know, we don't do. We don't partake in. There's not a, not a lot of the things that we indulge in, you know, alcohol, drugs, blah, 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 music, you know, a lot of the opinion that musical instruments are impermissible. And so on, on, you know, movies sometimes and this and that, whatever. So what is the one thing that gets left? Well, food. food. Yeah. And that's what drove me mad when I would uh, listen to a lot of the scholars back in the day. 
it was be like, hey man, you're criticizing me about my music, but look at you. <laughs> like, like, pounds, bro. <laughs> you know what i'm saying i mean that's a so, problem you i know. mean i'm not and i'm not saying like what he said or his advice that the advice he's giving was from a good place but when you're at least young the way that's how you kind of that's how you, you think your, yeah. your outlook is and that's like, how you make sense hey, wait, when you're younger. You're, yeah i know like you you'll only look at um whatever advice that the, someone's giving you, you'll, you'll you'll try to find some holes in that person's personality right. yeah. and try to poke back at Adam. You know, so I, I think that's important what you're saying that yeah, yeah. that yeah, I know that that there's are scholars that have this problem, but you knowing the scholar life at the same time being invited by a million people without a doubt. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, I, I, the only I, I, thing I, that makes them happy is just actually being stationed and doing research, right? So they don't get an opportunity. It doesn't really. Sometimes they don't really uh, uh, find it uh, amusing or something that's worth their time because they're yeah. comparing it to what they do for a living, right? Without a doubt. How do you yeah. personally, Matt, you travel, right? And I was just going to ask you. You tend to eat ahead. pretty healthy, but I mean, we had some stuffed pizza, but you told me <laughs> when we first talked about you coming on the show like almost two months ago, you had planned this day out. <laughs> so it's not like an everyday thing for you, but yeah. like when you come to cities, I'm sure people don't want to take you out to like Biryani House and Look, whatever. When I started teaching for Al Maghrib, I immediately gained weight. Right. Even though I did work out and I've and I've lived a healthy, quote unquote healthy, you know, depending on who you ask. But you know, from my perspective, fairly healthy lifestyle for a while now. But even with that, while when I started teaching about Maghrib, I started gaining weight. I'm like, what's going on? And then I realized, well, you go from city to city, and every city you go to, obviously your hosts are like, they want to treat you to the best food. Of course. Right. Like, oh, this is the best, whatever pizza place or the best ice cream place in the world. And you're like, okay, <sighs> gotta try that. Right, yeah. and then you're teaching all day, and then you're tired at night. You don't get time to work out. You don't get time to exercise. You just get back to your room and you like pass out. Maybe eat before and pass out. And that's not a healthy lifestyle. So it was actually very challenging for me to try and because I wasn't used to that. When I started to see that I'm gaining weight, it was very uncomfortable for me. And I remember uh, speaking to Sheikh Yasser Burjess, Allah uh, Hafizah, one of my someone I can consider my teacher and a mentor of mine. Um, I asked him, I'm like, man, like, I know, like, his body type as well. He's got a faster metabolism and he's naturally, you know, slim. And, but still, I'm like, he, and I've seen him, like, he does watch what he, what he eats. And he said, listen, you got to be careful. Like, never fall prey to, hey, you know, uh, it can feel like you're on vacation, but you're not. This is your job. You know, everyone else is going to work nine to five. You're traveling. This is your job. So to, it may sometimes feel like, oh, it's a vacation because you're in another city, but it's, you're not on vacation. Right, so just like you would watch what you eat while you're working at home, yeah. or you know, you're nine to five. Likewise, you got to watch. And I was like, "Wow, that's so true." And so I no longer allow people to kind of like you know um, feed me or whatever. That's number one. Number two, Shayasabar Jesse told me he said, um, "Work out in the morning." Because I I remember every weekend I'd be like every I'd be like, "Okay, I'm gonna teach, and then I'm gonna come back, and I'm gonna work out before I go to bed." Never happened. Mm. I was like so tired, so wiped out by the end of the day. I was like, there's no way I'm going to make it to the gym. But working out in the morning had the opposite effect. Like, And I'm talking about just 30 to 40 minutes in the morning before class starts. I not only was able to get my workouts in, I was actually more energetic during my yeah. day. And then eating healthy while teaching, I had more energy while teaching. And once I realized that, it changed my whole perspective. So now like when I'm teaching these seminars... For lunch, I get a, I get a salad, 
And I know people make fun of me like, oh, diva, sheikh, whatever you can say. Like, what, right. Whatever, right? Yeah. But I'm like, no, I, if I have more than this, if I, if I chomp down a burger right now or some pizza, this, I'm going to be like, sluggish. I'm sluggish. I can't, feel I can't teach. Yeah. So now I'm like, so one of the ways, and you know, I think everybody has to figure out for themselves what works for them and you know what what is what works with their body type and with their lifestyle. So for me, this is what my weekend looks like. I arrive in a city, Friday, uh, Jumu'ah. After Jumu'ah, they'll be like, Sheikh, let's go out to eat. I'll be like, no, um, we can go out for coffee. We can get whatever. Uh, I'm going to get a light meal. And then at the end of the day, maybe I'll, you know, I have something light to have like a fairly decent dinner. Done. Saturday in the morning, uh, my, my breakfast is, I usually have like a protein bar. And some tea or coffee, something like what that. What kind of protein bar do you feel like? Uh, Quest bars. Quest. Try, try. Oh yeah, one. It's also same amount of no, zero carb, like almost zero carbs. Okay. It's called oh yeah. I used to remember how many yeah. Quest bars we went through. This guy's a maniac. But for but Quest bars. But oh yeah, oh yeah is better. I'll definitely check it out. It's called I'm, oh I'm, yeah one and get the, uh, the 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 white chocolate raspberry. It is phenomenal. I will definitely check that out yes. because they're these also bars sponsor bars. Are my, they're what? Oh. No, they're, they, they cost, cost just as much as the Quest. No, I'm kidding. They're not a sponsor. Oh, they're not a sponsor? No. no. <laughs> I, I, actually, I, mean, the I thought you said they're expensive bars. I was like, no, they cost just as much. <laughs> if you are listening to us, you can reach us at T-H-E-M-A. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish, finish. No, it was a joke. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's not going to be listening to us. Oh, yeah, bars. You never bar. know, man. You never know. <laughs> no, but those, those anyway. bars are actually lifesaver because I take them with me. Yeah. So when I'm hungry, what it's not like and they have tons of fiber and it, so it keeps you full. Exactly. And it's like I'm not a slave to hey, what does the hotel have? What it, like for example, if I ask a volunteer, hey, I'm hungry, can you give me something to eat? Yeah, they'll without a doubt, but they'll go get like the tastiest, nicest, whatever pizza, sub, sandwich, or whatever. If someone brings it to you, you're like, oh, this is great. <laughs> you know, I've had a tough, I've had a long day. I deserve this. Yeah. yeah. Right. But if you, it's like I got my bar, I'm I'm good to go. Yeah. yeah. So my, my breakfast is I don't accept bre- breakfast invitations. Uh, I have my bar, my tea, whatever, and I'm good. I'm good for the next few hours until lunchtime. I have like a chicken salad, make sure I get my protein, some carbs, and I'm good. Cause, and my mind is back on the class. I'm like, I got to get back to the class. Of course. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, y'all want to go out to eat? Yellow, let's go. Yeah. Right? So I can afford to have that burger or I can afford to go to whatever fans, you know, whatever place is known in that city at the end of the day. Yeah. And I know like there's this whole idea of you shouldn't eat late or whatever. Like, I don't care. Like I, yeah. I know, I know the way my day went. And you work uh, out too, right? Yeah. And you yeah. work out so, too, but, but the exactly. thing is that your job is very mentally taxing too. Yeah. And, and so you have to have throughout the day, something light to keep you going. You have to be optimal dude. Cause if I was in your situation, uh, you know, I don't eat, I'm not the healthiest eater, but I know that, uh, whenever I have to, uh, give a talk or before I teach class, like in my school day, I teach, I teach, uh, you know, high school Islamic studies. I never eat too much throughout the day. I always eat at the end of the day yeah. because whenever I eat, especially if there's bread or something in there, yeah. I got to have like a cup of coffee or else I can't teach properly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? So that's, that's how. Muhammad Sharif, I also noticed was very like strict about this too. Yeah. I took his to the Khalifa with him in 2006 and, I remember, like, some brother offered him, like, a bunch of Twix bars, and he had a bag of, like, raw almonds. <laughs> yeah. Was he, yeah. Was he doing some juice fasting and stuff? He, was, doing, he was drinking wheatgrass juice or That's, something. Yeah, 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 too. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, Wheatgrass? What is that? I don't know, man. Wheatgrass, it's yeah. like, it, it was a High thing. High in antioxidants. Back, yeah, I thought like you feed that to horses. No, <laughs> so, it's okay, on, on a daily basis, very healthy. Do you, is that your Jeez. normal routine as well for, like, what you eat when you're at home? Yeah, so the 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 crazy thing is that once I started doing that, well, teaching that kind of transitioned into my home life as well so now mm. during the day i actually eat very little 
And actually, it's easier for me to work out on, I don't want to say an empty stomach, but an emptier stomach. I feel like my my workouts go better. Have you, you heard about, talking about that? We work out uh, fasted. I work out fasted all yeah. the time. Have you heard about Bulletproof Coffee? That's what we do over here. I, so we do over a, here. Where is it? There's Diet Coke over no, here. No, I mean right now. Right now we've uh, somebody kind of fallen off recently the, the good recently path. mentioned it to me. But remind me again. What is it? It's basically coffee and there's some uh, grass fed butter and that you throw into oil. it and, co- and uh, MCT it basically oil. Basically, takes a latte. It coconut taste oil or MCT oil. Okay. Uh, MCT oil is so basically like a pre workout, basically like a breakfast replacement. Yeah, right? it's like yeah. a meal replacement. Mm-hmm. It's but it's high fat. Okay. Caffeine. Um, and it kind of keeps you full for a long time, especially if you drink throughout the day. I think the longest, when I was drinking Bulletproof coffee, uh, when I was doing keto, the most I, uh, I probably went a time eight hours without feeling hungry once. But I was drinking water like every, wow. yeah. yeah. You don't feel hungry. Yeah. But that's that's fat people problems. Usually you don't need to worry about that. You don't need to worry about that. I remember some, you can go to like 2 p.m., 3 p.m. without eating lunch. Yeah, eating lunch. easily. Yeah, yeah. If you have bulletproof. Even intermittent, yeah. Yeah, but the key is to have that water and stuff. Um, yeah. One thing, uh, you know, I wanted to, before I segue into the last thing we want to talk to you about, I had a question. When you made your thobes in Medina, I've always had an impression in Saudi Arabia, everyone wears like, Everyone wears the same thing. It's all white thobes, right? Yeah, there's so many different styles. There's styles. No, I remember my, my friend had studied there when he told me like his shake. <laughs> this is a funny story. He's like it was red and white shimag all the way throughout the year, but on Eid he bust out with the white gutra. <laughs> and what? The white on Eid. Okay, on Eid. So he's like, oh, mashallah, Sheikh Khalid, I see you now. Everything else is the same. <laughs> he changed his gutra color <laughs> one day, yes. and they were like flipping out. Like, is that like? Yeah. So so here's the here's okay. This is an interesting point actually. That's where I learned that the subtle differences matter, right? Because mm. you would, I would make subtle change. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna wear like a crazy. Like what I'm wearing right now, I wouldn't walk around in Medina wearing this. This is not the culture there. It's not the yeah. custom. It's not the culture of students of knowledge in Medina. Yeah, at least when I was studying there. I don't know what things are like now. But I so, but my I would I would have the subtle differences. Like my collar, it'd always be a one button collar. Mm. I'm just never comfortable with the two, the two buttons. buttons yeah. Um, the way you do the stitching and like certain other details, I started to pay attention to those details. Because that's the leeway you had. So, yeah, it looks very similar. Like, from, from a distance, you're wearing a white thobe. Um, but there are there are things that you can do to customize your thobe. I liked what the Kuwaitis did. You know, like, my brother, he was living in Kuwait for a while. And he used to custom make his uh, thobes. And the, uh, where the, uh, this thing, what is this thing called where it ends with the button is attached to? Like, this thing, they'd crease it. They'd crease the it The crease underneath. goes all the way down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah. crease it the underneath The Kuwaiti thobes, yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. That was pretty cool. That's, and that's, that's it seems that. like a very subtle difference. It but looks that's, classy, though. Yeah, it looks. It makes a big it difference. Especially living there where everybody wears pretty much the same thing. That can make a big difference. Yeah, yeah man. Cool. Yeah. We have about 20 minutes left, but so before we wrap up, I wanted to get your take on celebrity imam culture. As someone <laughs> who, you know, grew up, you know, as a... You know, attender, attendee of conferences and seminars, and even an alumni group student, and then you left for seven years and you came back. Um, do you get fanboyed a lot, or like talk to us a little bit about what your uh, perspective is? Yeah. Okay. So just to just to start off with, and to make my position clear on celebrity <laughs> uh, celebrity shakes and the celebrity imam culture, I think it has its pros and cons, right? So the cons of it obviously are like people liking you for the wrong reasons people wanting to become an imam or sheikh or a scholar what for the wrong reasons for the publicity or for the popularity and that's actually we know person told us that's that's one of the that's one of the ways a person ends up in the hellfire is seeking knowledge yeah. for for attention so all that stuff is uh, is is the, the cons and how it can affect a person's intentions obviously it's not for us to speak about 
the intentions of other people, especially scholars and, and imams. And um, so that, but that is a challenge, obviously. So th- those are the cons. But on, on the on the pro side, uh, I like the fact that young people now will look up to imams and scholars and sheikhs instead of looking up to, I don't know, maybe like a different type of celebrity. Of course. Um, like a, you know, a musician or an actor or whatever. Whatever you want to say about whatever imam or whatever, there's still tons and tons in in many ways better than like like a a you know a drugged out celebrity who course, looks fancy right? on on uh you know on a magazine cover yeah. or something so i think that's a positive change so the fact that a lot of people are now drawn to these personalities and they're good role models for them i think that's that's excellent so i'm not here nor there i'm i think there's pros and cons on, on you know what culture. what you're talking about is balance and yeah think, exactly and so much of islam is in balance is is that you you find that there's wisdom in one opposite and in the other opposite you also find that there is and this is not a one size fits all this there's no like uh, you can't use that for haram opposites right so <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're in general you find when you, when you find yourself in the middle you're okay yeah yeah man. look i mean it was kind of weird for me to be honest uh, mahina i know i think that's what you're probably alluding to like my gap like when i left america uh to go study I think celebrity, the celebrity imam culture was just starting, right? And then I come back and it's in, it's in like full force. Full boom. And I, like I would come back in the summer times. I knew what was going on. I wasn't like completely cut off, right? But still like having to be kind of like in the field and a, to be a part of it, uh, it totally caught me off guard to the point where even now I feel like I'm very disconnected from like the, 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 the da'wah culture, the, like the, the da'wah environment. There's things that happen. I mean, we all know, like, every day there's a new controversy online, right? Oh, this speaker said this, or this speaker did this, or this happened, or whatever. And I'm, like, the last person to find out, right? Because I just don't care. I don't have, I just, I just don't, I just don't have, like, the, the, uh, I don't have the energy to, like, keep up with this stuff. And And it's not even important to you anymore. Yeah, it's not. And I just, for me, it's like, I do my thing. I'm in and out, right? And subhanAllah, uh, Imam Suhaib right? I love this guy, subhanAllah. And I I have known about him for such a long time. You went to school with Sheikh Hamir. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, he's like two years years senior to me. Yeah. Yeah. So my interaction with him, I had never met this guy. And I met him for the first time last year. I had been at conferences with him. And we like just happened to miss each other. And I'm talking about like four years, we're in the same field, we're at the same, co- I just don't, don't, and we're not able to meet each other. Um, because I'm, I'm in and out, I do my thing or whatever. And then I finally, alhamdulillah, it was really nice to finally get to meet him and, you know, talk to him. He's a great guy, mashallah. He's a great guy. Um, but that's just, I, so I'm just like, I'm, so part of me is just like, I'm completely out. Like I'm, I just do my thing, I'm, I'm in and out. And I don't realize a lot of times what's going on. And sometimes, one time it created a problem for me. I posted this thing on Facebook. I know some people might have seen this. But I was, I was just, look, it was just a general thing that I posted. It was a thought I was having. I said something like, um, you know, a- apology loses a lot of its impact when you try to justify what you're apologizing for, mm. right? So, and I actually was speaking in the context of relationships, right? So if a husband's, for example, apologizing to his wife, um, and then he goes, I'm sorry, but actually, you know, I did it because this and this and yeah, this yeah. and this and this. And what she's hearing is you're basically just justifying. You're not apologizing, mm. right? So that's, it was just a general thing. It was like a tweet or whatever. But then I, I started getting all these messages. People were like, why are you speaking out against so-and-so, 
right? How dare you and this and that. He's a well-respected speaker, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> wow. What's going on? Like, what? And I literally had a message some of uh, some of my my colleagues and my peers or whatever somebody had Muslim instructor. I'm like, what? Does anybody know what's going on? Because I'm completely. And they're like, yeah, so and so speaker just apologized about something that they had said, mm-hmm. right? And people think that you're talking about him. You're oh, attacking no. him. Disaster. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> like, and and I'm like, no matter how much I tell people, like, no, no, no that's not who who I was talking about. People go, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, look at the timing. Yeah. Right. He said it and then he came too on good to be true. Yeah, exactly. He came on like a couple hours after and he started criticizing someone's apology. And I was like, man, this is it's it's becoming insane. Yeah. Like the online world is becoming insane. I, it like, is, I, it's too much information. It's it's I, I honestly almost deleted my Facebook. Like, you know, I know I'm, I'm like really <laughs> no, I'm not joking. I'm like really into social media. But I hate Facebook. Like I'm, I'm like Facebook is just like, like I almost deleted my Facebook last year. I was like, I'm, I'm done with this, yeah. right? There's always for me like the the my favorite dude or dudette is the exceptionist. You mm. know what the exceptionist is Mm-mm. the person who always finds an exception in what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. Right? Wow. They're always like, you know, what? you could like I, I could pose like the most, um, the most. Politically correct. Stealing is bad. Kind of, except, except when you know, you're starving. Yeah. So I disagree. I'm like, what? Yeah, what I know. <laughs> but yeah, like, so for me, like, okay, tw- Twitter's great. They're called it, trolls, and yeah, exactly. Everyone exactly. has them. Tw- you're, I think yeah. you're just getting used to it now. I think. No, I'm people, not used. To, I don't. I don't reply. I don't reply. Yeah. Don't. I, I don't. Yeah. Rep- on my, my Facebook. I don't reply to. I don't get into the comments. I don't reply and go back and forth. Um, I don't do direct messaging on any of my accounts. Uh, my Twitter, if you tweet at me and it's like you ask me a question or whatever, yeah, I'll, I'll tweet you back. Other than that, I, I do not feed the trolls at all. Mm, yeah. Zero. And that's the only way I can like be sane. Now, now, you're known as being like, I didn't know this when I was driving you up here. You said you were like one of the first uh, people of knowledge on Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah. So why, why, why Snapchat? <laughs> like Snapchat to me is a tough user interface because it always runs out. Like you're trying to give, say something and you, you have like what, 10 seconds? Yeah. On the video? Yeah. So look, I, I remember when Snapchat came out and it got really popular and I had Snapchat for like my family and stuff. And till this day, I actually have this habit of I have two accounts and everything. I have a, one for my close family and friends and then a public. So when Snapchat came out, I had one for my family and I was like, you know what? Like there's a lot of people on Snapchat. Mm. And it's getting really popular. Why don't I just make a public Snapchat? And I remember we were actually, I remember exactly where it was. I was on the train. I was on the metro. I was with my wife. We were going to the protest in D.C., um, the pro-Palestine protest. And I was like, how cool would it be if people could actually see what I'm seeing at this, at this, like live, right? Because, you know, Snapchat is, it's, you know, at that moment, you you get, and I was like, I think I'm going to make a public Snapchat. Mm. And I made it and I just tweeted out. I'm like, hey, you can follow me on Snapchat. And just add my account, right? And then people started adding me, and then people started really liking. And I'm like, okay, I can do reminders on Snapchat. It's 10 seconds, but you know that's the reality of our generation. I mean, there's Vine out there, which is four <laughs> seconds. Um, and I remember, I remember telling the Al-Maghrib instructors, I'm like, you should check out Snapchat. I remember the, my my favorite reaction was it was Yasser Qadi. It's like, what? <laughs> This is ridiculous. No one would ever do this. <laughs> and then one of the Mashiach, he was like, this has the least uh, like Sadaqa Jariya value, right? Because I love it's, it. it's, it's, this it's, has the least Sadaqa It's like, it's like, it goes it's, away. It goes away. It's <laughs> beautiful. Like it's gone. They're like, why would anybody do this? Fast forward, I don't know, it's like a year or two years. 
Why, uh, Sheikh, Sheikh Yazgadi hits me up. He goes, so can you explain this Snapchat thing to me? I'm thinking about getting on Snapchat. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man. Well, that's, that's what so, happened. Speaking of which, you know, uh, Sheikh Yasser, he, uh, he put up a post saying that, you know, I don't want to. Uh, he said, I'm really embarrassed about putting up this post, but uh, I'm going to have to ask you guys not to approach me and take selfies with me. Yeah. And I saw the comments in under his under when he posted that people were really upset really because i guess there were people who let, let had me, okay so I didn't, I didn't read this but let me guess yeah let me guess what the comments were who do you think you are you're some big no shot. no no it wasn't that they were like saying well i want my kids to look up to you rather than look up to celebrities so yeah, yeah there were there was some validity to that and i think um i don't think he was meaning in it wasn't meaning but somebody one thing one thing i'll tell you is like yeah uh, people who are are in for um, um, doing amount the amount of stuff that he's done, um, th- that really doesn't look. The the thing is, is that the guy I, I've I've been with him, and he has so many people who who love him, mashallah, and you can't just sit around and just taking pictures with them all day. Yeah. Are literally, and if you take one, you got to take another and then you got to take I'm, another. And I've been in that situation. I mean, yeah, I was man. with him. If one at, guy sees at, it too, they'll be like, oh, what about me and my kid? Yeah. yeah. Was like I, a lineup. I, dude, I was at Ilmfest with him and literally kind of acting as a bouncer between him and the rest that was of the, awesome. the crowd. Remember, he was walking on side by side, took the picture. This big dude next to the Yasuo Khan, moving while people he's speaking, away. While he's speaking, people are coming up to me and saying, can I, uh, you know, take a picture with the sheikh? And I'm like, I'm sorry, no, you can't. Um, he he, he has yeah. to go to a flight right afterwards, and they were like really upset about it. Yeah. So I'm glad he kind of put put it up, but then it kind of backfired because there he, there were he some meant legit, well. Legit, he legit, meant well. Yeah. He yeah meant but nobody well. ever assumes you mean well on online. <laughs> That's a problem. Like, yeah. You always assume the worst. Yeah. I, I actually like like Sheikh Yasser's. If I was like in his position, I would be. He he has to be a little cutthroat about it, and that's how I'd be. Otherwise, you like a, a lot of Shiyuk are a lot nicer. We'll have Sheikh Omar Salman, inshallah, in a couple of weeks. I'll ask him about this too because he's really nice about this. But it'll take him like an hour to get through to Isna Bazaar <laughs> <laughs> because he's because everyone else says loves to him, and then like you know he's like it's okay, man, it's okay, it's okay. It's you all, know, it's all good. when I met Sheikh Omar, you know, I always tell you I don't get starstruck by anyone. When I met him, I'm like. Because he came up out of nowhere, I'm like, uh, do you, do you, that sounded like Porky Pig. I didn't know what to say to him because I, I you know, you, you, I used to love the guy for all the work he does, and you're really, uh, you know, you Especially, admire me yeah, right. for, in, in that respect. So that's funny. No, because like you know, because I was at that dinner with Sim, so like, yeah, because Shik Omar just kind of creep. We were, I was talking, I was with Sim and Sim's wife. We're waiting for my wife to come into the hall, and. uh Shake Omar like walking right behind, and then I say he says salams to me, and I introduce Sim. You know, this is my co-host, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I I, re- I finally get to meet the voice, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, to the Sim, the yeah." And um, but like, and you were like, we sat down later. I was like, "I'm not washing this hand, man. This hand." He told me, "Hey, you know when you've made it, though, Saad? Have you ever seen that guy on Facebook who like his profile picture is your picture? Has you had that happen? Oh, and that's did just, you have it, that too? That, that, uh, that, I, I don't happens? understand that. I really <laughs> don't understand that. It's happened to you? It freaks me out. Oh, no. Because I just, uh, I'll tell you, okay, I, I have a lot of these stories, but I'll just tell you one of these stories. Let's do it. Uh, this is a guy on Instagram who's pretending to be me. Right. So here's a, here's so here's a, here's a, here's how it went down. And this is if you go back. <laughs> this is awesome. If you go back like a year or two, you'll find it's I because I posted this whole thing on on my Facebook. So apparently, there's a guy or there was a guy on Instagram. Who would take my my Snapchat pictures? Right, he would he would uh, screenshot them, 
and then he would crop out the eyes and then Instagram the photos. And he's like, um, Muslim fashion, uh, what some like, like some Muslim, uh, uh, fat, uh, like uh, Muslim men's fashion blogger or something like that. Right. And it was creepy because he's like, um, oh, I'm, you know, getting ready for my flight and about to take off. And it's oh, me. No. It's like my picture. I'm oh, sitting no. on the plane. And then there's another picture. Just got a fresh shape up. And I'm like, what? And then oh. it's like, it's like another picture. <laughs> I wonder if he was a troll. And it's like, another was he picture, a troll like, or he was just living uh, in, and trying to live in I your know, shoes? Because people would ask questions and he would like respond. Oh, and no. so oh, my gosh. He, he didn't use my name. Like he had his own name, but he was using my pictures. That's crazy. Right? Wait, where did he get these pictures, though? From, so, from my Snapchat. Oh. He'd, lo- he'd look at my Snapchat story. He'd screenshot the pictures, yeah. and he'd crop out, like, my eyes, <laughs> right? And he'd be like, had a long day. Like, <laughs> what? What, what? <laughs> <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> like, I swear to God, I'm not making this up. And then, like... <laughs> Anyway, so like this guy, like he had his whole life built upon like the stuff that I'm doing, right? Like I got on a flight, uh, you know, fresh Jumma outfit, like stuff like that. (laughs) Don't spit it out. Uh-huh. So did you ever talk to send a message? Or? Yeah, so I messaged this guy. I, I had some of my people message him. And I said, listen, um, all I want from you is to just take down your account, right? Because he's basically lying Or just to hand you, it over right? to you. At least, Not even, I don't want at that At least account. make the lie into a truth. Just, you know? just, just, just shut it down, whatever. And I'm like, listen, you have, I gave him a certain amount of time, this much. And if you don't, I'm going to go public because you're lying to people. Yeah. Right? And this is deceit. And you're publicly <laughs> deceiving people. So I have the right to do that. And he like he blocked me on Instagram. Then I had <laughs> <laughs> And he continued? Yeah, yeah. So he continued. Then I had somebody else message him. I said, Listen, and there's I'm I'm messaging him on behalf of side to stream. Stop using his pictures, whatever, this that. otherwise you know, we're gonna report you, this and that. And then he did it. And I'm like, and I, you know, part of me was, I, I know it sounds bad, but part of me was a little bit happy that he, he did it. Cause I was like, I'm going to call this guy out. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I put it on Facebook. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this dude, I've screenshotted this stuff. I put it, you can go check it out right now. It's, it's on my Facebook That's if you go cool. far yeah. back enough. And I'm like, everybody report this guy. And then everybody jumped on, started report his, his account was shut down in like, I think an hour. That's beautiful. Right, we took him down, but it was just that was creepy, man. It was it was creepy to see somebody posting my pictures. <laughs> Had a long day. <laughs> Dang, that, that that's real crazy. Yeah, I know that, imagine going deep. into that guy's apartment. He's got his pictures <laughs> all over the place. He's got man. candles set up, flowers all over a portrait of his. Man, that, that's just one of my stalker stories, by the way. Maybe on the next time I come here, I'll tell you another stalker story. We should have, I, we could I, we could we could do a show with you just about stalker stories. <laughs> <laughs> Next show, man. It might you, get him in trouble too. Man. I, you know, the one thing is, um, because I I thought of this because Abdurrahman Murphy's a good friend of ours, so we're in this we're in this WhatsApp group, and he sends us a picture of some like dude in India or Pakistan who just updated his profile picture to Murphy's. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, but that's that's common. That happens. That, happens, I, that so, that's so, that doesn't even so, 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 Yeah, so I, that's what I thought. I thought that was just like, oh, you made it, Mama. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, you, your story is on another level. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I, I couldn't even conceive timings that. and everything. Wow. Yeah. yeah the, the, Usually, some people will do something like that just to get like some followers, right? Yeah, a, I think a big that's follower. what it was. He was trying to like, 
I don't know. And then like, they'll like, they'll like sell the account to somebody else. Right? That's creepy, man. So, that's so somebody creepy. will be willing to like, if uh, a new Islamic organization wanted to start up uh, a, a, a Facebook account or a Twitter account, they'll buy an account that has a lot of Muslim followers on it. And then they'll change the name tool hmm. to whatever their organization hmm. was. Hmm. So, mm, okay, okay. I'd we're doing it the hard way. That's why we only have like 2,000 Twitter followers. So, <laughs> you jerks out there, start following us. <laughs> oh, easy there, buddy. You make me feel comfortable. All right, all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll use much more nice words. All right, so, hey, Jazakallah Khair for coming through. We're going to oh, yeah. ra- wrap this up now. Yeah. Um, you know, Is there anything else you wanted to, I'm sorry to cut you off. Is there anything else you wanted to, you know, to announce or make plug. Any- I, you know, I'm not really used to doing plugs, and it's kind of weird. I mean, you have, do you have your class? Any of your classes coming up anytime? Yeah, soon? so hey, hey, well, we'll do that. We'll, we'll plug the class. Um, so I'm teaching a new Al Maghrib seminar. It's called Trends: uh, The Fiqh of Fashion and Clothing. Uh, so basically, as I talked about earlier, we discussed a lot of the issues related to clothing, uh, fashion, culture, identity, self-esteem, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, just just I mean, we're going we're going to be in a lot of different cities. So if it's coming to your city, uh, make sure to attend. Um, I'm sure but around what time is it going to start coming out? Uh, and the class is already taught in two locations. Okay. Uh, so I think next, I don't, I mean, I'm not sure when this podcast is going to be released, but uh, next uh, lined up we have Toronto, uh, New York, and uh, Minnesota. That's as far as I think I know. Okay. Uh, but, you know, eventually I'm seminars come to different cities. Uh, so yeah, just come check out check out the uh, check out the seminar. Do you get, by the way, if you're in Minnesota, you can have Kalamid biryani there. Oh yeah, it's really good. Ah, uh, I've had that. I've had Kalamid yeah, biryani. You did, okay. I have. Okay. I have. Wow. Yeah, yeah. How, how was it? The Somalian is awesome. Uh, it wasn't bad. You know what did I you really have it in 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 Minnesota. I had it. I, I think it was either Minnesota or Edmonton. I both both Sheikh cities have big, big Somali population. Sheikh Amr has been talking it up for a while. He's been saying, let's go to Minnesota and have some camel meat biryani. Yeah, so man. here's, I'll, I'll do you one better. If you ever go to Medina, uh, you can get camel burgers. Oh, wow. Which are really good. Basically, camel oh. meat, at least camel burgers, they they taste like beef, but they're like a little bit more flavorful. Yeah, yeah. Camel khima. Huh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, check huh. it out. Dang, I should have, like, I asked, I was in Medina. Yeah. Uh, for I, I did the Al Maghrib Umrah this year. Oh, okay. okay. And uh, Hasib, uh, Hasib Noor was like, you gotta go to this place called Mazim. Ma- Mazim. Mazim. Oh, is- man. You know what's funny? Bring back memories. Everybody loves that place. I never liked that place. <laughs> I <laughs> never liked that place. No, watch out. Watch, like, watch that, like, that place. Go out of business tomorrow. Like- <laughs> that does seem hate. Yeah, yeah, no. Nobody, nobody listens to me is going to care, you know. By God. But it's like traditional Saudi food or whatever. But I'm not a big fan of Saudi food. It's just a lot of rice and just yeah. like, I mean, I don't want to buy Saudi It's food. non-keto. It's definitely not, yeah, about definitely the- not keto. You know, it's like rice and like, I guess they have a layer of fat. There's and then, like, you yeah. can really yeah. stuff. Because yeah. I, I wanted to try Rose Bukhari. Mm. Yeah, actually, if you want Rose Bukhari, Ma'azim is a good place to go. You know, so. Not that they are advertising with us, right? right? Mm-hmm. No, we're not. Right? No, no. Because no. no. I, I asked when I was there, I was like, where can I get. Because chicken shawarma, I was just eating, like, in those stalls right by Masjid Nebo. The two real one? Yeah, those Yo, ones. Watch your stomach, man. <laughs> I was, I was good. I was good. <laughs> I, I would put down, like, three or four at a time. Wow. Mashallah. You know what I mean? But, uh, three or four at a time or two real ones. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have to chill next time you're in Chicago, though. I, you know, I'm sure the class will be coming to Chicago sometime Inshallah. In, the, Inshallah. In, the, in the near future. So, um, for our listeners out there, if you have any questions or comments, you can email us at themadmumlukes at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and like our Facebook page. We're also on Instagram. Please subscribe to us on iTunes or Podcast Addict and rate us five stars. For our special guest, Sheikh Salat Aslim, and my co-hosts, Sheikh Hamar Saeed and Sim, this is Mahin signing off for the Mad Mamluks. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.